0: Welcome to the Payments
1: Connection.
0: I'm Jess, Head of Marketing at Bridge. We connect the global payments ecosystem and enable growth through our intuitive modular payment orchestration technology. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by a man who is the founder and CEO of QI Digital a blockchain payments technology company. An entrepreneur and a future technologist, Man is a visionary behind QI with over 25 years experience in the world of digital development and transformation. Man joins us today to share a little more about the origins of crypto, how the landscape continues to evolve, and how and where crypto acceptance is on the rise. So please introduce yourself for the listeners.
1: Thank you. Hello everyone. So my name is Man. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called QI Digital. We enable crypto payments for businesses of all sizes.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much and welcome to our podcast. And Today we're going to talk about what's things to do with crypto and we're really excited that we have the expert on the line with us today. So to set the scene for the audience, could you share a little bit more about the foundations of crypto and the, the history in a nutshell?
1: I'll try my best. How long have we got? Well, thanks for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast first. So crypto, we kind of took form around 2008, 2009 with uh, with the release of a white paper, which was the Bitcoin white paper. So a lot of people will probably already be familiar with Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency. But just to say that now there are probably around 20,000 cryptocurrencies in circulation, and uh, which is quite interesting. But it was around 2008 and eight and nine after the the huge kind of property financial crash that the bitcoin white paper started to circulate around uh on the internet and it was multiple reasons why it started to get evangelized after the financial crash but it was primarily bitcoin which was the the kind of the strongest cryptocurrency that that kind of was in circulation at that time and it became uh more and more used over the years and we're now 15 years in and it still seems to be a hot topic so hence why we're we're talking about it today i guess
0: why why do you think now it's it's becoming more of a hot topic where do you think adoption is rising and and who should be thinking about crypto at this stage
1: Uh very interesting firstly i think i think everyone everyone should be thinking about crypto um, if they're not already participating in it in in some shape or form i think it's been a hot topic for to be fair for quite a number of years already um but always from a different angle, you know, whether it's, you know, governments looking at it or countries looking at it. Consumers have always been kind of increasing, um, or when I mean consumers that like everyday users because there are so many cool mobile applications now that make it more accessible to get, uh, get involved in, in the crypto space or, or perhaps as a trading kind of mechanism or investing in crypto, for example. But over the years, I think loads of different kind of organizations, corporations, small and medium sized, you know, businesses have been looking at crypto um, as I, as I mentioned for multiple different reasons. More recently, there are some of the big kind of investment firms from around the world who are looking at crypto from a and and, and actually recognize it as a true uh, investment mechanism, you know, for for the future. More recently there was um, uh, BlackRock who who are one of the biggest asset uh, management companies in the world. They they announced that they purchased that um, they purchased 12,000 bitcoins. So they've obviously got an agenda around Bitcoin in particular as a as a as a as, a, as a perhaps a long-term investment strategy or, or part of their strategy. So now it seems like it's the wave of corporations and investment firms that some of the big traditional investment companies who are looking at Bitcoin and perhaps a, a couple of other cryptocurrencies, but it's primarily Bitcoin that's what they're looking at. And the consumer adoption side of things is 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 growing anyway, and um, that continues to rise um, year on year. So I think there's there's lots of different reasons why people and organisations and companies, governments, etc. are looking at uh, cryptocurrencies. But it is, seems to be still at the forefront of their agenda, d- despite which angle they're coming at it from. You know, whether it's from a consumer protection perspective, or whether the governments themselves need to think about it as adopting some of the deeper technology to further enhance perhaps a local or it may impact a local fiscal policy of some kind.
0: You've talked a little bit there about adoption and obviously with innovations like this, it takes a little while for for adoption sort of to, to take off, but it's been on the cusp for a while and you've talked a few, about a few different use cases. There are or maybe organizations who are starting to look at the adoption. How would you say it is, a, it is growing from an adoption perspective? Do you think we're nearing the point where it's more mainstream? for access and usage. You talked a little bit more about accessibility in your first question there.
1: Uh yeah, I think I think we're still on the on the journey towards mass adoption. People in the kind of crypto communities, I guess, have always been pushing the agenda for when is this going to get mass adopted? If we if we look at the, the usage of how many how many crypto wallets there are worldwide, we're probably around the four hundred million mark, give or take, you know, five or 10 million either side of that and so that that is a big number that is growing and like I say it's steadily growing year on year when I when I first got involved in the technology that you know from a blockchain perspective and even crypto the numbers at that time were around 60 million you know and that was only a few years ago you know um so so to get to like near the 400 million mark is this big number I think in certain parts of the world it's been adopted a bit more Faster, because some countries or some uh, kind of local territories may not have a strong financial infrastructure. So, a lot of the local consumers of, of you know the population are using more peer-to-peer wallets or crypto wallets, where they can get involved in 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 financial in in get well they can get into the financial realms because they don't have a strong enough financial infrastructure. Like they can't get a bank account, for example. But in other countries, and that includes the UK. We, we're adopting it, but not as fast as as we could. Um, we're probably still around 6 or 7% of the UK's population that that hold crypto, or you use crypto or certainly have access to crypto. Um, so we've got a bit of a journey when it comes to the UK adopting a little bit more quicker. If you compare it to parts of like Central or West Africa, you know, population over there is like, four, you know, 40, 50%. So nearly half of the population use crypto on a regular basis out there
0: you think there needs to be more acceptance from from the other side? So maybe merchant acceptance of of crypto for usage for consumers.
1: Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that because I, I've actually been talking about this for some time. It's one of those kind of typical kind of chicken and egg scenarios. You know, which one comes first, right? Is it the consumers or is it the merchants? I think if we talk about it from a usage or utility perspective, then then definitely merchants need to adopt some of this technology and it's not that difficult to do it sounds a bit more complicated than it is but this day and age it's not and it's only then will the usage rates go up because then the consumers like the end customer will know actually they can spend some of their crypto in you know in the the merchant landscape you know so it'll be much more uh, easier but some of those consumers right now don't know they can spend some of their crypto in and in you know retail stores or uh, whether it's online or 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 in store so i, I think we're, we're kind of working on you know collectively we we we, do, we should kind of encourage or we're trying to certainly encourage merchants to start accepting uh, another mode of payment
0: are you seeing any demand from that side or any interest
1: again it comes back to whether we look at it from a a a, a global lens or do we look at it from a local one so from a uk perspective there is there is interest it's a, it's a little bit slow at the moment but um it's, and it, a lot of it is because I think a, a lot of merchants may just not be aware how easy it is to actually get access to this new te- new type of technology. When I say new, it's, it's already 15 years old. So, you know, but we, we're developing, for example, tooling and, and you know, products to make it a little bit more easier for those merchants to, to kind of accept uh, crypto. And it's, it's not that difficult. But as I say, in different parts of the world, there have already been for a number of years, merchants that regularly accept crypto as just as it would do a normal payment
0: it's really interesting you've shared a little bit about the sector being quite fast moving i know we've talked quite a bit about for for adoption growth there needs to be market acceptance and, and and demand i guess from consumers as well which audience do you think it is likely to be that drives that that interest going forward i know in the past we've talked about younger generations people looking at upcoming trends and Potential like community groups. Can you explore a few of those for me?
1: Yeah, I think we 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 well certainly the younger generation. You're right because they're gonna they are well they're not they're not that they're going to they are already growing up with this type of technology. Um, I, I mentioned things like the mobile apps, and we already know that the 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 younger generation are familiar with you know online platforms, interaction on social media, for example, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And they are they already are growing up with this type of technology um at their fingertips essentially so we're going to see a wave of this younger generation all of a sudden having all this access to crypto should i say but they're not knowing exactly what to do with it there's only so much of trading a young person can do and i'm not saying that's what they, all they're doing but they are just you know moving coins and trading them swapping them etc cetera, etc cetera. it's going to need to be a bit more of a real real life use case with that and that is the the ability to spend some of that crypto in uh retail whether it's online or in store the other the other side of it is that there is a new age of new types of merchants that are evolving which is really interesting because they you know these are new new merchants that purely base their business models on blockchain type technology you know we we've heard phrases like the metaverse over the last kind of 12 18 months but there are businesses that are purely built in the metaverse for example uh, those kind of businesses typically cannot accept a normal uh, traditional payment method you know they typically cannot accept you know uh, a card transaction for example for selling with goods and services because they're built in this new kind of world of web3 and so the only way to interact with those those type of businesses is using a a, a crypto cryptocurrency or a web3 wallet so you know we're on the we're just on the we're at the very very early stages of those type of business models and you know in again as i say this is going to really kind of encourage this whole idea of globalization or this world of living in a really truly digital world and we're just on the cusp of that you know we we haven't even we haven't really fully explored that and what that's going to look like in the next kind of five or ten years so traditional businesses have to in my opinion kind of consider that as part of their evolution as well to, just to keep an eye on it even just to start thinking about it um, if they have got ideas to go online well that's what the next evolution of online looks like so we're a little way away from that but um, these are the kind of trends that we're seeing that are quite interesting and quite fascinating
0: no really really interesting you've touched a little bit on accessibility as well and how and um, crypto can help potentially to to break down some barrier financial barriers or accessibility issues um, in some countries or in some demographics, which also opens the door for financial inclusivity. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the long-term goal of crypto and, and do you think that, that it plays a role in that uh, financial access and inclusivity for people?
1: Yeah, I think fun- fundamentally and philosophically speaking, I, I'm, a, I'm a true believer that that's what the overarching intention is. And it's not because the, the cryptocurrency has been designed in that way a lot of it is actually inherent in the in the technology. Like, you know, if we look at the Bitcoin blockchain in particular, it doesn't, re- as a network, if you think about it from a network perspective, it doesn't really, it doesn't really care, if you know what I mean, like where you're from, what your background is, whether, you know, what your financial background is. So I see, I see um, parts of the world where there, there is this current, currently unbanked world they, they're going to skip the, the whole idea of potentially having access to, say, a bank account because they've got this new type of technology that's now connected to the internet using a mobile device. So they may, you're going to, we're going to see this, a surge of kind of interest from people who'd never, who probably never had a bank account and probably will never have a bank account, but jump straight into this new world of like having a crypto wallet or, you know, access to a a wallet and all of their financial infrastructure is going to be designed around crypto so we're going to see that quite a lot and again that is that is tailored specifically for people who are probably the unbanked but the the utility of that could be seen uh across uh the the country even here in the uk um and other parts of um i, I guess you can say more kind of established kind of countries as well because like i say as a, as a platform or as a network the the technology doesn't really care about your financial background just very recently actually i was listening to a radio uh, talk just a couple of days ago and we were talking they were talking specifically around the ability for banks to close down accounts you may have noticed there's been one uh quite a famous mp recently who's, who's had their bank account shut down but that sparked a real conversation around the banking uh sector having the ability to close down account based on people's political views now i'm not i'm not saying that you know, people that, you know, you shouldn't have a bank account, traditional bank account, but it, it, it is kind of empowering uh, a, a new wave of, uh, of of people who don't have access to finance um, in, the traditional, in the traditional realm. So I think we're going to see quite an interesting spike in all those people who, who were kind of primarily unbanked or underserved, should I say, regardless of where you are in the world, all of a sudden having access to this new type of technology and utilizing crypto to to, to you know see a means to an end basically. And that will only kind of evolve over time and get much more stronger and um, uh, much, much more accessible to everyone.
0: We've come to our final spotlight question at the end of the podcast, and you don't have to talk about crypto, but I'd be curious to see what you say if you use crypto as your example. And um, So we typically ask what, um, talk, we talk about trends during the session and we want to understand what you think the biggest trend is going to be in payments over the next. 12 months, which is actually quite a short timeframe, but where, where do you see crypto, I guess, in the next sort of 12 months, 12, to,
1: 12 months to 24 months, really? Can I talk about crypto? <laughs> 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 so uh, I think crypto has got a very important part to play in in the payments infrastructure. So when it comes to trends, we've really seen a wave of innovation in, in traditional uh, financial products, traditional uh, payments products orchestration being one of the big ones over the last kind of 12 months maybe 12 to 18 months is um, things like open banking. Uh, open banking is still yet to evolve in my opinion quite a lot more yet but I do see uh, not just a trend but I see almost like I don't know I, I, maybe not an urgency but there, there is going to be some crypto innovation that's going to be needed and I think it's going to be crypto orchestration or certainly crypto as an embedded uh, service as part of as part of the 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 rest of the kind of traditional payments products, if you want, I think crypto is going to play a quite a strong kind of add-on, if you want, maybe as a complementary. And I say I see I say that because in in some parts we're already see, some parts of the world we're already seeing that happening, uh, where it sits alongside. But in other cases, it's it's the primary go-to. So I I for one, I, as, you, as you can probably tell, I'm an advocate for that that solution because we we're, we're, we're working on some of those kind of strategies right now. But I do see that coming up quite soon because we are going to start seeing it from a consumer perspective and the merchants, because like, as I mentioned earlier, there is new merchants coming out all the time and they're going to start demanding that they need to have a crypto proposition in place as well, just for their own future safeguarding as what, because they see trends because of the social media and the news. So crypto is not always bad news, by the way. So, but you know, and then more and more people are enlightened to how crypto works So I see that being a very strong trend over the next kind of 20, maybe less than 24 months, probably 12 months, 12 to 18 months.
0: I think we've been surprised by some of the research that we've done about the number of consumers that have been open to trying out new payment methods. And I think adoption typically is quite slow as people are are warming to new things coming onto the scene. But I think you're right that there's Definitely a curiosity amongst consumers looking for for new different ways to pay and to to try out new things. And I think you're right with the age of social selling and people buying in different ways and consuming in different ways comes different methods of of, of payment to engage with those companies and brands that you've talked about there. So really fascinating and I'm really look forward to watching your journey as well in in your organization over the next 12 months as you support some of those organizations to bring that to light. Thank you so much so much for joining us today. It's been really insightful and a really enjoyable chat and something that um, I find absolutely fascinating. So just thank you for sharing your time with us.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: We hope you enjoyed our latest podcasts and thanks again for joining us on The Payments Connection. For more insightful discussions on payment trends, the e-commerce landscape and the ever-evolving FinTech ecosystem, subscribe to The Payments Connection podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcasting app of choice. Make sure to check out our previous episodes too and look out for future podcasts on topics spanning the role of AI and machine learning in payments, alternative payment methods, fraud and security management, designing a dynamic checkout and more. You can also find out more about Bridge and how payment orchestration is supporting enterprise merchants globally to boost authorization rates, mitigate fraud and deliver the best end-to-end customer journey over on our website at br-dge.to. See you next time.